You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. So it was kind of funny. It it actually came through um, one of our our VPs. They had a friend that this had happened to with their corporate um, Instagram account. So this person reached out and was like, do you want to know about this? (laughs) And then it got kicked down the chain and I picked it up because it seemed kind of interesting. That's Marcel Lee. She's a senior security researcher and emerging threats lead at SecureWorks. The research we're discussing today is titled Ransoms Demanded for Hijacked Instagram Accounts. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Let's walk through it together here. Can you sort of uh, take us through how someone would find themselves a victim of this particular attack? Yeah, absolutely. So so it all starts with a fish, unsurprisingly, right? As many things do, starting with a fish. And the threat actors had a an interesting campaign that they were running where they would send a message either via Instagram or via email to um, their target and 
it said essentially that there had been some kind of, you know, copyright infringement for something that they had posted on Instagram and please click on this link to, you know, appeal it basically. So I thought it was unique in like, I've not seen that particular kind of lure used before. I mean, obviously there's tons of phishing out there, but I don't know that I've seen copyright infringement <laughs> before. Yeah, it, it's interesting in that it, it like it struck me as being simultaneously benign but also urgent because it's not. Yeah. I mean, a copyright violation, uh, you know, okay, you could see that happening in the course of day to day stuff, certainly on Instagram. But then the message says, if you don't follow through on this, we'll need to remove your account. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so of course, it does have a bit of that sense of urgency depending on how much you care about your Instagram account, I guess. Right. Um, and, and, you know, as well as I do, that all this phishing works on different psychological principles. Um, so I think really urgency and perhaps authority would be the two that I would think of for this particular fish. So, and it was also customized, you know, very specifically for their target. So, hmm. you know, it, it had the person's name and their Instagram handle. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't just something that was just cast out there kind of widely and not targeted at all. It was, it was very specific. And, you know, as we revealed eventually in the research is that, you know, they were specifically going after corporate accounts or accounts that had a high number of followers, um, presumably because those accounts would be more inclined to cough up a ransom to get their access back. So if I click through on here and I think my uh, Instagram account is in peril, uh, what would happen next? So the next thing that happens is uh, a page comes up and it's a pretty good copy of Instagram's actual page. And again, another warning message and telling you to um, go to the appeal form, but you have to log in at this point. And of course, you're not on the actual Instagram site. You're on a fake Instagram site, but a very well done fake Instagram site. You know, there's a whole tier of uh, how good these things look. And, and these were pretty slick. And I actually visited a number of them, you know, myself to see what it looked like. And the domain names that the threat actors were using, you know, the for the fake Instagram pages had things like um, around like support and support violation form, um, a lot of IG hyphen, this, that, or the other. So kind of had the appearance of maybe being legitimate for anybody who was actually looking at the link closely. They did set up quite a number of uh, different domains. And I mean, as of last week, this is still ongoing. So I haven't looked lately, but I'm sure there's probably even more domains than what we listed in the blog post. So it then takes you to a fake login screen. And uh, from there, what happens? So essentially, you'll put in your password, not you, of course, but <laughs> you're way too savvy for that. Um, but the victim would put in their password. And at that point, the, the behind the scenes on this fake website, they harvest that information. And um, and then, you know, Presto Manifesto, they now have the credentials for your Instagram account. And so they immediately take over the account and then modify the account 
page, like the Instagram social media page, uh, to show that it's been, you know, taken over by these threat actors. Yeah, that was a, a fascinating element of this to me is uh, you all, you have a screen capture here in the research and they modify, I guess, the about page on the account. And it says this Instagram account is held to be sold back to its owner. Yep. And then they have their own, I guess, their own name in there as well. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah, sure. So the Farabin Faraway seems to be a combination of the two threat actors' names behind this whole campaign. Then they tack on, after Farabin Faraway, a number. And so like in the example in the blog post, it's 126K, which um, actually I didn't notice this. Somebody else on my team noticed this. It's like, oh, that aligns with the number of followers. So so that seems to be the uh, methodology for the naming of the account. And it has the WhatsApp phone number, basically, or contact, not a phone number per se, but a WhatsApp uh, domain with a contact number there for them to reach back to. It's interesting because I didn't used to be a big Instagram user and I, I ended up getting an account just because I'm often doing threat research that involves Instagram and you can't really see that much unless you have an account. So now, right. like I just checked the other day and if you search for Farabin far away, you know, just in the search function of Instagram, you'll see there's many, many, many instances of these hijacked accounts. And some of them you can tell what they are just by looking at the posts from the Instagram account. Other ones you can't really. And I've also seen sort of you know, anecdotally, a number of people posting, you know, oh, my my Instagram account has been taken over by, you know, these people. What do I do? So, yeah, they're pretty prolific. I was really surprised at the extent of um, of the activity. I have to say that that part of it leaves me scratching my head a bit, that if they're so out there in the open and they're consistently using this name, this calling card, how has that not drawn the attention of Instagram to instantly and automatically shut this sort of thing down when they see it? That that's that puzzles me. Yeah, it puzzles me too. <laughs> I couldn't really opine on on why or or how you know Instagram does these things, but I think they're usually pretty on you know campaigns like this. Yeah. And I would imagine there would be a number of people who would have contacted Instagram about it. So. You know, these these guys, I'll call them guys. They may be women, but I'm, all their avatars and everything look like men. Right. Um, their OPSEC is not super strong, right? It wasn't hard to find their email addresses and their phone numbers and, and so on and so forth. So maybe now that this blog is out, Instagram will take them down. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Well, I mean, you mentioned them, them having poor OPSEC. Let's explore that part together. What, how did you go down that pathway and what were you able to discover? Yeah, so I was able to discover some of their contact information um, through actually some of the domain registrations were not private, um, which is rare these days. Almost always when you're going down that particular rabbit hole, it's mostly a dead end, but in this case it wasn't. Hmm. And then they actually had their own little website with an about us page that kind of <laughs> said a little bit about who they were. And, um, and apparently they're into, I don't know, I think it's Robert 
No, I don't even know who these actors are. I think it's the guy from Scarface. And then I'm not sure who the other one is. You might yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, looks like uh, maybe Pablo Escobar and uh, Al Pacino, maybe. Oh, uh, there you go. A, there a, you a, couple go. Of, a couple of gangsters. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, threat actors <laughs> using images of gangsters in their, in their iconography, right? Exactly. So yeah. in there, they have their, you know, their individual Instagram accounts and their their WhatsApp phone numbers. So, and again, they're using the same name or sort of, you know, permutations of that Farabin faraway thing. So that was actually not too hard to discover. And then they also had the uh, underground forum listing where they were saying, you know, that they would offer access to these accounts for sale potentially. So they left a lot of breadcrumbs, I would say, basically. And so part of this is is that they're trying to ransom these accounts back to their original owners. As you pointed out, they seem to be targeting corporate accounts where I suppose they feel as though the they might be more inclined to open up their wallet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and honestly, and I don't think I got into this in the blog, but they weren't asking exorbitant ransom amounts, at least not that I saw. Um, the few where I was able to see the amount being asked, it was, you know, around like $500. So so I think, you know, they're in it for volume. And, you know, if you you can get 100 different companies to pay you $500 in a week or whatever, then that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Almost a nuisance. And uh, I suppose, uh, <laughs> I don't want to go so far as to say uh, an investment in reminding a company that they should be using multi-factor authentication, but oh, yes. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would- I would pay you $500 to get that kind of advice if I was an organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What were you able to suss out here in terms of where these folks might be coming from? Uh, yes, so there were some breadcrumbs here as well. Um, you know, we we tend to kind of assume that uh, all the cybercrime type stuff is coming out of Russia, but not necessarily. And in this case, um, it seemed like one of the... Uh, Threat actors was from Russia, but the other one appeared to be from Turkey, which is not something that I see all that commonly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the the things that pointed towards that were um, Farabin, in, in this case, he had a Russian country code for his phone number. And then in the, the page source, basically, of these different phishing sites, there was a document sharing service that they were using to like reference different files. And that document sharing service was um, a Turkish company, hislerismsomething.com. I'm sure I'm mutilating the pronunciation of that, but, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then um, there were a couple of instances where I found um, the Instagram account being used to communicate with the victims was a Turkish language version of Instagram. So, so yeah, so it pointed um, certainly to at least one of these threat actors being based in Turkey. Yeah. So what are your recommendations then? If I'm the person at my organization who's charged with, uh, you know, protecting our WhatsApp social media account, what sort of things can I put in place to keep these folks away? Yeah, well, you already said the number one thing, right? Multi-factor authentication. It it doesn't cure everything, but it certainly presents a stumbling block. So, you know, if you're trying to 
hack into somebody's whatever account, right? If there's multi-factor authentication, it's just going to make it that much harder. And chances are you're just going to move on to the next potential victim. And we see that all the time at SecureWorks with, you know, not Instagram hacking, but just really, you know, trying to get in through like VPN access or or whatever, you know, multi-factor right. authentication is almost always one of our top recommendations around like incident response engagements that we do. I think with social media sometimes too, like I think shared logins are used. Like, you know, a company might have like, oh, you know, social media at uh, XYZ company or or Instagram at XYZ company, which is A, easy to guess and B, the passwords being shared around. Um, So that's not like a super great practice. It's much better to have something um, unique that, you know, only one person has access to, or of course, use a password manager where it's, you know, that's something I always recommend to people anyway, is then you don't have to be sending passwords around by text or email or carrier pigeon, whatever people do. The other thing that strikes me about um, password managers that I don't hear people mention all that often is that um, a lot of them will try to protect you from logging into a, a spoofed site, you know, like they'll, it'll check the URL and come back to you and say, hey, are you sure about this? Because we don't really think this is Instagram. Yeah. It's like, are you sure you want to fill in? Yeah. I, mean, I see that with the one that I use all the time. And it's usually because I'm on like some mobile version or something that it's not recognizing. But, right. but yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great point because it's another sort of uh, safety measure that is baked into a lot of the password managers. And also, um, you know, the password managers will, of course, let you know if you're reusing passwords. And that's, you know, that's the thing that concerns me about this kind of campaign. It's like, sure, maybe you don't really care that much if your Instagram account gets hacked. But if you're using like the same credentials for, you know, corporate access, your email or whatever, which, as we know, people do tend to reuse, then that's not great. You know, then it turns into a whole different level of being problematic. So, yeah. so definitely password managers help with that aspect too. Do you have any sense for how successful this gang has been? Is there any Bitcoin accounts or anything like that that we have a, any notion for how many folks are paying up? Yeah, I did um, come across some uh, wallet IDs and it looked like basically at the time that I originally did the re- research, which was a couple months ago, they had been making many transactions like in and out, but it looked like they were pretty consistently having a balance of like 20,000 at a time before they would like move it out to someplace else or something. So again, you know, not, not a huge amount, you know, when we're used to hearing about ransoms that are, you know, in the millions and millions of dollars, but, um, you know, they, they clearly have been successful in this campaign and, and continue to do it as far as I know. Our thanks to Marcel Lee from SecureWorks for joining us. The research is titled Ransoms Demanded for Hijacked Instagram Accounts. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. 
Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Falecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.